1: Plants, happy new year. How's it, it going? Is it? Well, it, it didn't take long for 2021 to look like 2020. Just <laughs> put it that way. But yes, that's the way to put it. Yep. I honestly think it's going to be a great year. I do.
2: Uh, it, you know. No, no. He, uh, so it did start off great. Uh, first of all, I would like to congratulate all of F9, um, Front Range Structure Engineering, Tinker Homes, and our clients who wish to remain anonymous for privacy purposes. Totally respect that. For us making the cover of Builder Magazine in the January 2021 issue. Uh, super exciting stuff. Um, and so if you... One thing I wanted to point everybody to who is listening to this show, if you're a first-time listener, even if or you are a second-time listener, we actually went over how how we essentially got into the magazine through... Uh, a paid, a paid publication, um, for, I think like builders, some other, some other thing, you'll have to go check it out. Episode one eighty five: how to address additional services within that. Um, we talk about, uh, where and when it's appropriate to pay for media and then what that, what that paid media can do for you. So don't pay for the big stuff, Maybe just pay for the little stuff that then get you to the big stuff. Anyway. By the bait, the fish will come. Bam! Finally, this guy with the fishing uh, metaphors. analogies. I needed it. Uh, yes. Absolutely. By the bait, fish will come. Absolutely. Speaking of bait,
1: uh, the bait <sighs> is you need to know skills. And one skills you need to know in architecture is how to use Revit. Um, we've gotten, we teach Revit. We teach it to students. We teach it to other professionals. Uh, great reviews, really kind of supercharges, puts you on a rocket ship. That's why we call it Revit Rocket Ship. And you can get it at RevitRocketShip.com. Check it out. Teaches you how to model architecture, mimicking the way construction works. Helps you out in the long run. RevitRocketShip.com. So what are you baiting with that exactly, Al? Like <clears throat> your final result uh-huh. is a big building. But yep. you got to bait the client with your skills in Revit, it yeah.
2: didn't. It, I mean, he's, he's kind of rough. It. No, no, he's he's doing it. I appreciate mm, it. You got it. Yeah. All right. I I buy that. We just need to play Nick's read.
1: <laughs> when Nick made oh, up that no- advertisement, we need to play that. So I'm not gonna say anything at the end. You just cut in Nick's you read. You want me to cut that in from now? I want on? you to cut that in at the end. Okay. It was good. It was really
2: good. Yeah. He's like he's a paid professional. Except he's like, but he's, he's, but he's not, he's unpaid, he, you know
3: what he, well, he, he's a paid for, for architecture, he, but no, no. not for,
2: he's a, se- he's a sem he's a semi-professional, uh, voiceover, voice, just, over. just like I'm a semi-professional fisherman. How am I semi-professional? May you uh, ask? Don't get paid. Wait, wait, but what? Isn't there a word for that? Is it, uh, uh, nope, amateur? Sem- semi- amateur. Sem- semi-professional. Not amateur. Sem- <laughs> semi-professional. You got it all sem- wrong, <laughs> now. <laughs> I feel like. I feel like you're making this up, but we'll just get
1: past that. We'll just keep rolling. Keep My, rolling with it. Some
2: people might accuse me of that. Yeah. Uh, did you know every day more architecture professionals are adding ArcCat to their workflow to save them time and money? That's right. ArcCat helps designers, specifiers, and architects compare and select the best products for their projects uh, using their powerful search engine. They also offer data files like BIM. CAD and specifications right on the same site for free without registration. Visit ArcCat.com today to see why so many professionals are consolidating their product search to one task. Visit Artcat.com. That's A R C A T dot com to start building better content today. Okay, hey, I'm gonna read a question to you from Adam Steiner. We have a, we have a question. Yes, and Adam, Adam, shout out Adam. Great job so far on your podcast. I really appreciate how you've been uh, growing that. And uh, for taking the advice of trying to get on other podcasts, so in order to grow your podcast, I saw you run the business of architecture. That's that's phenomenal, buddy. That's, yeah, a, yeah. Huge, that's a huge one. So your question on LinkedIn, you tagged me. It is. I just got a, a request
1: to design a home in another region of the country outside my typical building area. Up to this point in my career, I've only designed for areas I've had experience.
2: Any advice on handling this? Okay. Uh, number one, don't be intimidated unless you got solicited to do it in New York or California. Mm. And the reason why is because obviously everybody knows that, uh, honestly, like how, how much red tape those two those two states have. But with the red tape, like there's literally all kinds of licenses that if you don't do your due diligence, you could really you could really hurt yourself professionally if you if you don't check it I'll out. I'll give you one example. I'm thank not you. too thank you. afraid of
1: uh, California. I know there's New York listeners and they're probably like, oh, it's not too big of a deal. I work in New York all the time. Yes. Uh, but Lindsay, you work Lindsay lives in, in New York <laughs> all the time. We hired a college student to do part-time work at minimum wage just, you know, 4 hours here, uh, it was 8 over hours there. Wage, but yeah. Anyways, we got a fine from unemployment insurance for $4,000 that we had to pay and could not get out of. And they couldn't even understand, like, oh, what happens if this person loses their job? One, they had another job. Like, this was literally just, like, a part-time supplement. job. Yep. Two, they were a college student. What are you talking about? They're like, I still don't understand how you aren't it paying all this. just didn't fit the check boxes like usual, yeah.
2: Yeah. The answers Alex was giving.
1: It was crazy. It was horrible. Yeah. Crazy. $4,000 down for for no reason. Who I'm uh,
2: upset about. Yeah. That. So, back back to Adam's question here. Um so I think that's the first thing, right? Then then the, the second thing is okay. I guess what what is what is the thing that you you've, you've possi- you're possibly worried about, right? Are you worried about oh, I've never designed in the mountains because and so now, like, how how do I tackle that on, on an extreme slope or anything like that? Uh, I, I again I like that stuff doesn't intimidate me. I I guess I could see maybe how it intimidates. I don't other think people. it
1: intimidates Adam because if you use your common sense construction knowledge, you should be able to to figure it out. If you look at okay, you might. <clears throat> Hey, maybe we put the vapor barrier on a different side, something like yeah. that. That might be. But what I would say to look into, there's two diff- two differences that I noticed. Because we do stuff kind of all over in Colorado, which has multiple different regions of climate, right? Yes. And then a couple different states. <clears throat> look into their zoning code, right? They might define bulk plans as different. They might define... Uh, this is what's so hard, why I'm maybe not i'm saying go for it like do it is because oh, yeah. from boulder county to like we work in different counties and they're drastically different they there define you go. and this is and and here's another thing I, we just learned this lesson uh a porch is not a porch unless it's attached to the main house so if you can have an adu a secondary house anything else and you have a porch it's not a porch unless it's attached to the main house because their definition says a porch attached to the main house. So they decided the only way to interpret that. Right. So there's those things. And then sometimes they have local amendments, right? So to the building code. So if you know the building code, look at their local amendments to the building code. So to sum up it's look at their city code, look at their other building code and then no, you know, maybe you tell your client like, Hey, I haven't, you know, uh, designed in here. They're going to have different things than I'm used to, happy to do it, happy to do, you know, do my best job. But like, for example, this person that this happened to and we had to explain it to the client, they actually didn't even get mad. This is in another segment later. But it, we literally had a game plan. Like, what if they're upset? Like, how did we not know that a porch is not a porch unless it's attached to the main house? Be like, we don't re-look up common words that have a common understanding. Because then we'd be relooking up, like, what is a window to Boulder County? What what is a door? Do they think a door is not a door? <laughs> like, if it's not attached to the main house, um, and 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 hopefully they buy that. But the client didn't even didn't even care.
2: I think I think the example the how how Alex was getting to this point, and if I had to just sum it up, is you're kind of already doing it, right? The, you have to be. I can't imagine if you're. So let's say let's say you're in the greater you're in the Minneapolis you're in this you're in the metropolitan area of Minneapolis or Denver or whatever like Denver is encompassing much uh, it's a big area but then like within Denver yes there's Denver proper but then there's all the cities around it Broomfield Thornton etc same thing with like Minneapolis right there's Minneapolis there's Saint Paul there's all the little Little literal cities within it that have their own city councils, their own own sets of plans, I mean their own sets of plans review and and the way they do things, their own sets of codes that they do. Then there's the counties. So I got to imagine you're already sort of experiencing it. So if you don't have in your proposal and your contracts or your working method, right under phase one, I literally just pulled up one of ours and it says, phase one of the design process. And one of the bullet points zoning building code and construction permitting research plan for it and do it. And we still do it even on uh, places where we have routinely permitted in. I still have, I st- that's, I like it, I'm, I'm I just burn it into everybody's head here. Like first thing you need, we need to figure out what, what are we up against? How do we get through the process? What are, who are all the people involved that we need to do? Are there any new codes that we need to account for?
1: Well, and, and also like, like we talked about before, someone at the city will go to a shear wall you know, um, conference, right? So even if you're doing a project in a city or jurisdiction that you know, with us we ask around okay who recently did, did something and they'll say oh yeah they're really looking at this now they're really looking in, into this or really want
2: you to change your font this way you know that changes literally month by month. okay then so so that's all the code and the bureaucratic side of stuff that you're gonna have to wade through no matter what or you could get really lucky like we have a couple times like and hey we want to build a house in south dakota great call up there and they go ah is it your land and I go, no, it's the owner's. Though. Do what you want. Don't even have to do anything. <laughs> you know, obviously, obviously, we're still gonna make sure it stands up, and we're engineer it, and all the good stuff. But yeah. So, but when I'm getting up, I'm getting. Up, so here's some here's some differences, right? <clears throat> I, I, I almost hope they were rude to you. Like, wait, wait, do you own this piece of property? It was literally like that. Why are you calling me? Oh, kind of like that, yeah. Too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mind your mind your business. Mind your business. <laughs> he, so, but may, but maybe we're missing the point, and maybe maybe your point. Or everybody's point here with this question is is that, for instance, uh, stucco. We do a lot of stucco here. People from North Dakota who are our colleagues that see the stucco freak out. And we go, why are you freaking out about us using stucco? It's It's on my house. It's it's all over it's the right place over Colorado. Across the Colorado. Oh, so many buildings have stucco in Colorado. And they go, why are you using EFIS? And we're like... Oh, well, why not. do you think it's EFIS? Like, why are you making that assumption? That it's EFIS? Yeah, it's not the insula- yeah, exterior insulated fenestration system. That's what that stands for, right? If anybody yep. knows. And so, e- so, so, people who don't know, EFIS is totally different than stucco. It's disgusting, right? It ha- and it, it, and it lawsuits, it, all kinds of bad stuff. Like, don't, yeah, don't. It's
1: insulation it.
2: sprayed stucco, kind of. Yeah. So, if that's where you're coming from, then then I get it a little bit more. And then here's what I would say: is like, well, who's hiring you? Do they have any contacts that they could put you in touch with where you could get them on a phone call for a half hour, pick their brains and say, hey, I've never designed. Let's say you let's say you are getting contracted to design in Colorado and you're from uh, the upper the northwest part of the United States, vastly different climates. Right. And you say, uh, are there any materials I should avoid? If you called me and asked me what materials you should avoid, the first one I'm going to say is no exterior wood unless it's on a soffit no exterior wood because it's going to dry it's going to be high maintenance all that kind of stuff but it seems like it, that kind of product works in the northwest the pacific northwest mm. much more humid it's it it, it you, like there's not this crazy sunlight all that kind of stuff so see if you can at least get in touch with some kind of some people that have routinely designed on there who are comfortable giving you some kind of that, some information like that and advice and run at them and, and ask those kind of questions.
1: Yep. And you're going to have to continue to drive because my computer just shut off, but didn't shut off.
2: So Congratulations. I'm dealing with that right now. Congratulations. Uh, okay. So thanks for that. I hope that answers the question, Adam. You'll have to let me know, tag me on, tag me on the LinkedIn. If not, it was a good tangent to go down. It was a really good question, yeah. Uh, okay, Frank Collada has a question. Um, listener Frank Collada messaged me on Facebook. I do just check Facebook every once in a while because I have to stay on it, but I'm not really posting. Anyway, he messaged me privately and said, "Hey Lance, this is on December 23rd, by the way, of last year. Hey Lance, I just heard uh, the last episode about how to be a good boss, and I thought it would be interesting to hear how you guys became." quote, official, unquote, bosses. AKA, how did you hire your first employees? Not sure if you already spoke about it. We did, actually, I think. But the F9 Fam Club might be interested in hearing about your early growth challenges. Thanks again for having a great podcast. And happy holidays slash new year to you, the F9ers, your families, and all of And Al. And, of course, Al. Toodles. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So
1: I think there's some key points for when we are growing. We hired way back in the day when we were probably like a year old, working in my dining room. Yep. And it was a intern, you know, part time. And the issue that we found there was like, oh, we can't grow because, you know, we'll have some projects and then and then someone will not have enough to do. Yeah. And and, and in our head, like it was always it was a female at that time. Like she didn't have enough to do sometimes. So we're like, oh crap, that's really, really, really bad. So then that didn't work out and, and the person went back to school. So it it was all fine. Yeah. Then Lance and I started teaching and that helped out because we physically were out of the office. That kicked
2: us, that kicked it into high gear.
1: So then there was always something to do, right? But then we had to hire another person and then like this flux kind of came back in and Lance and I either unconsciously or not, I don't know if you, I'm, I'm sure Lance is aware of it. The, the decision that, that I made and, and, and probably he made too, like, oh, if anyone doesn't have any work, it should actually be the bosses. Yes. And, and, and for a long time it was me because, oh, I'll just make the website or I'll do marketing or I'll do something, you know, like I will do something to help the business that they can't do. So that was the key insight with the fluctuation is that they always have something to do, always, 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 always a backlog, and then if there's ever nothing to do, you're doing nothing. And if you're a good boss or business person, like if you can't think of something to help your business to do, well, what are you? What are I don't you doing? think you should be an entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you need that go get, like you need that self starter, like attitude, like oh. Do I need to talk to someone? Do I need to make up a Facebook ad? Do I need a, you know, like, so, so you will, so by that, when I say you will have nothing to do, you really shouldn't have nothing to do ever. I know what you mean.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. I think that, I think that kind of answered it. That was good. Um, so, but yeah. All right. Happy New Year to you. That's what the next bill of point we got here, Al. Yeah. What yeah. is, it was you. Happy New Year? Happy New Year to me? I didn't put that. Okay, maybe I did. <laughs> <laughs> but I agree with the sentiment. I think Al did. He hasn't been drinking, but maybe he's been drinking. He hasn't been drinking.
1: All right, uh, PPP. Uh, we got a free drink at the hotel that, that we stayed at? Yeah. Couldn't even drink it.
2: Yep, Al's.
1: Couldn't even, couldn't even drink.
2: All right, Al the good boy, Al. That's okay, so uh, there has, as everybody has probably seen, the House of Representatives, along with the Senate, passed uh, the second round of um, basically this relief package, another giant spending bill. And part of that is there's another PPP. And so uh, I just wanted to bring it up to everybody who's a listener and and may is in possible need of another PPP or isn't aware of it. Just there is another PPP. I bring it up because uh, a couple of our friends had no idea that there was another one. I'm like, oh, you should maybe know about that. Like, you're running a business. Maybe you need it. I don't know. I don't care about your financials. I'm just trying to be helpful. Well, and and the big major thing to qualify is that in a quarter last year,
1: you needed to have a 25% reduction in probably revenue?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I looked into it just to see. And we got an email, and that's part of what I'm going to read. We got an email from... um, this, this bank just kind of a solicitation email I, I don't know people just get our emails because they're online basically public so uh, so Alex is right basically and this is not strict financial advice this is just me kind of relaying talking to you giving you some information. you need to look into it yourself obviously but the way we understand it is is that <clears throat> if 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 any quarter full quarter from 2020 compared to 2019, if from 2020 you can prove that on average, for that quarter, your gross revenue is down 25%, you can qualify. I don't know how much you qualify for. You need to figure that out. There's some there's some dates I just wanted to talk about to give you. Know that like you're not behind the ball. That's one of the good things. Government's slow. Everybody knows that. So uh, on January 6th, it's already passed, this is the 8th of January. The SBA, which is Small Business Alone, Small Business Administration. They had 10 days after the business bill's enactment to establish rules and regulations. That's a that's a key point. January 13th, 2021. Then the SB administrator must release guidance to lenders within 17 days of enactment of the bill that allows borrowers who returned all or part of their PPP loan to re- reapply for the maximum amount applicable, so long as they have not uh, received forgiveness. Then uh, the 20th, the SBA must establish of, of uh, sorry, January 20th. Oh, they didn't put 2021. They should have done that. They screwed up their dates. Huh. I didn't even notice the SBA must establish a one page simplified forgiveness form within 24 days of enactment. That's kind of huge for anybody who is listening, who got a PPP. All of a sudden it sounds like the way you're going to get forgiven. If you used it properly is way different than what it was before. Like, I mean, I can't believe the government decided to do a one-page simplified thing. Amazing. <laughs> uh, let's see here. February 15th, uh, business that was not in operation on this date shall not be eligible for PPP. Again, you need to look at all these details. I'm just reading you this email. February 15th, farmers and ranchers in operation of this date. Nah, you're not a farmer or a rancher. Maybe. But, okay. They may utilize their gross income from 2019 when calculating the maximum loan amount. I hope we have a farmer or a rancher listening.
1: Yeah. Shout us out. Email us. And
2: then the last one is December 31. Last week. uh, It's the last week for you to apply of this year. So you have time. If you are looking and you desperately need, somehow your business is not doing well to figure out a possible second round of PPP. And then also if you got the first PPP, you can get an easier forgiveness. There you go. That's why I want to bring that up. Cool. Um, I
1: was reading this book and I just thought it was pertinent and kind of funny. It's called The Secrets of Money. It's Bron Minchner. Uh, his father was in construction. He could have went in construction. He didn't go into construction. um, But, and then he states one of the reasons why he didn't. And this was back in like the eighties. So think about the forty years ago and think about this statement. Um, Maybe it was the nineties anyways, new government. Yeah, it was probably the nineties still that's 30 years ago, new government regulations, a lack of qualified workers and insurance liabilities followed by litigations. One of the reasons he didn't it was go into commercial construction. Wow! And I'm like, yep, that's very true.
2: That yep. has held held a lot of people destroyed. back. Yep. And I, what I think has been adding to you, some of the some of the stats I was hoping you were going to bring them up. How constricted new developments have been, or just the supply rather of homes in this last year. Wow! Down sixty percent. Is that the number? Yep. And this is Colorado down 60% year over year. Yep. Like inventory. That's inventory. what that's the word I'm looking for. So so in other words, the amount of available inventory, new and used, yep. down 60%. That's insane. We were already 50% behind what is needed just to keep up with people moving here and having babies and all that kind of stuff. So now it's even crazier. I don't know the full math there. Yeah. And that but here's the here's the kicker. Sales uh price price the 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 purchase price is up by like double digits at a minimum. I think it was like 13 14% something like that. Oh, yeah. No, over 15. 15 16, yeah. Yep. So, uh uh <laughs> supply and demand. Just supply and demand basic economics. Uh remember like so uh one thing one statistic that was is really mind-blowing from 2020 among everything else was we printed uh, I think this statistic was like twenty one in one in one year we tw- we printed twenty one percent of the total printing that's ever occurred, and obviously we they just passed another stimulus. Uh, we all know of, if you've been paying attention at all to politics from a even cursory level, who's coming into office, what that probably means for spending. If you listen to any you know pundits, that might agree. it's going up it's going up okay yeah i mean let's just be honest like it, and it really honestly it, to be fair it doesn't matter if it's left or right they're all the it's same not like trump didn't make it go up either. no no exactly they're all keynesians they all spend their money so uh there's four things you should really consider i think if you're a business person and you are trying to understand capital and it, like what does it mean so cash is trash that's a fact. Okay. Is one of the four things Bitcoin? Yes. So, no, no, no. There's so many... No, no, really. There's only so many assets where you can put your capital. And if you're a capitalist and an entrepreneur and a business person, you're listening to this, then one is real estate. And that's why... That's what I'm trying to flow this segment into that because of like you saw, the inventory is down. All the numbers are up. So, like, what a precious resource that that is. It's, it's, it's finite. And so... You can put your money in real estate, or you can put your money in gold, silver, or Bitcoin. Okay, because those are the same kind of class assets. Yep. Or you can put it in securities, okay, equities, which stocks, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Or you can put it in junk bonds, which we already talked about. Cash is trash. Yeah. Like if you buy a treasury bond, you aren't getting shit back for your money compared to the other three. So, but you got cash, you got
1: stocks and bonds. You have gold, including Bitcoin. Yes. Metals, metals, and
2: Bitcoin. Metals and Bitcoin, and real estate. That's your; those are your options. Yep. And 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 the the bonds and keeping it in cash, like um like, you'll make a very tiny percentage, like a maybe a like a little over a point, on if you buy a CD or a bond. That's just a fact. Yeah. And then if you if you just, if you just said, oh well, I got a, at least I got a hundred grand in the bank of cash. It's like. Okay, but it's just depreciating every day because they're printing more of it. Yeah. So make your decision finally. Absolutely.
1: Um, I already touched on this, but it, it was funny. You never know how your clients are going to react. And I say that knowing, uh, to let you know, man, if you think that they're going to react badly, it might not happen. And if you think that they aren't, it might, it might happen. So we had a client that, uh, the county said they couldn't do something. They got very mad. We got entangled up in, in, in that madness, um, but pushed through and persevered. Then we got uh, the county saying that we can't have windows because apparently their windows are bad, um, <laughs> which we disagree with. And we couldn't have a porch on this new structure. So we're like, oh, the client, like we're going to get in such trouble you know again you know for this for designing for putting on windows where it's not that we technically can't it's just the county says "Mm, we don't like that we feel like that impacts you know you know there's no real reason they just they just say that you can't and and the whole porch and the client was like you know what that's fine i'll move the kiln into here and we can get rid of those windows and let's keep pushing along so it's weird people it's a weird <laughs> world it's not only you dealing with it we're dealing with it i'm gonna
2: let you know that yeah. was that yeah it's uh, a lot it's a lot to uh it's a lot to work with for sure do we have
1: our best friend nick our semi-professional guest speaker
2: <sighs> no but you know what i was so, oh is that why you semi-professional so PC? this is yeah uh-huh. nick it's is just, that just, why you're this, semi- well, he did get paid with merch one time, so I feel like he maybe is professional. I think that's a semi part of it. But no, maybe you missed the text in the group text this morning with me and me, me and Nick. He's uh, he got a little frog in the throat. A little ah, a little baby frog. Okay, so I guess next week. Fair we'll hear. enough. His wonderful voice. You know what I was gonna have? What I was gonna do is, as I was gonna have Rebecca do it. <laughs> were you going to have her say hello best friends? i was going to have her do i was going to have hello. her listen to a few and then go like okay now no, rebecca make it best your own friend. but she did but i just we ran out of time fair enough so now let's bring down the crew for are jeopardy
1: question number one a conference room in a university building Would most likely be classified as occupancy. And then obviously our answers go in A, B, C, D, but all the answers are just a letter. So I'm just going to say the letters, right? Okay. Conference room in a university building. A, E, I, or B?
2: Conference room.
1: (laughs) Oh, I know that one. Okay. You better... Don't change your answer then. Okay. Hold them up. Hold them up. We have A, E... A, <laughs> A, E. E is education. No. Uh, A is... Assembly. Assembly. No. Nope. What? <laughs> A conference room. Uh, and I meant to say small. But anyways, it probably would be anything under 50 is... Business. Yeah. Is that what you were going to say? Is that what you are going to say? You're no going to say A. That's oh, why I was going to say Yep. yep. <clears throat> but even classrooms in higher ed and even high school, if it's under 50, it is B. Hmm. It is not
2: E There you go. A. If we ever get a university.
1: Okay. <clears throat> Question two. Some people might call collusion, but that's only because those other people weren't in the office. So that's your bad for, I like to work from home on Thursdays
3: whoa <laughs> oh,
2: big demander over here a, a A H J
1: stands for A Aztec hanger joist B adjustable hand jig C a hung jury D authority having jurisdiction if that word can even be said
2: Stumbling on that word. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do we got? What do we got?
1: We got a uh, Reeb's? I said b. Re- b- okay. B's and a bunch of D's. It is not adjustable hand jig, it is authorities having jurisdiction. B. Yep, it is D. Yep. That's not going to do with architecture. That, so it was so funny. Gresh and, and Ross were studying for the the test and that came up and then I was reading a construction book because it's fun at night and that also came up in my random construction book and it was
2: the same thing like what is this acronym for and then I had to go back and find it so thought you all should know All right, number three in a large room how many times might a single impulse sound pass a listener before it suddenly stops A 10,000 B 9,000 C 8,000 D, 1,000. Can you... Uh, so, a sound going through... In a large room, how many times might a single impulse sound pass a listener before it suddenly stops? A, 10,000. B, 9,000. C, 8,000. D, 1,000. Hmm. What do we got? D. You wrote a, D, A, a D. D. The correct answer is C, 8,000. Did anyone get it right? Yay, Jason. How many hertz is it? Mm. Uh, doesn't, doesn't, I don't think it matters. 8,000, apparently. I don't even know what that question means. Good.
0: <laughs> good.
2: What is the term for the persistence of sound in a room after the sound source is suddenly stopped? A, propagation. B, octave bands. C, reverberance. D, absorption. I could have been trickier with this. Should have been Someone
1: went to a sound seminar.
2: Yeah, something like that. Uh, so we have D, C, D, C, and D. The correct answer is C. Reverberance. I got one. So, nice. So who won? Who won?
1: Two, two, two. Oh, do one. Tiebreaker? Samurai, one. Mark, come on down for the tiebreaker. Rebecca, what'd you get? Two. two.
2: Oh, okay, tiebreaker time okay okay so it's a tiebreaker i think ross jason. jason perfect Sam, Mark.
1: read it
0: all right so you're gonna have to write four words in order in order rank these elevator systems in order from lowest possible lift height five-story office for example to highest possible lift height skyscraper machine roomless Gearless traction, hydraulic, geared traction. Okay, can you say two and four? I'll say them all. Machine roomless, from uh, lowest well, to highest possible lift. Machine roomless, gearless traction, hydraulic, geared traction.
1: Machine roomless is one word. I mean, one answer. Yeah. Yeah. Mark Markitect is reading Jason's answer. Jason came close. in first. Very Jason close. was close. Ross is second.
0: Ross is incorrect.
1: Is he close or not close?
0: Not as close as Jason.
1: Is it still going? It's
0: still going. Nice. Uh nope. Dang. Uh, Nope. <laughs> this All is right. A cruel Wait, no, no. Give them the lowest one. All right. the the, the lowest possible is a hydraulic elevator. So hydraulic is number one. Ooh, this
2: is a
1: tough one. All right, Ross coming in hot. Got it. Ross got it. Ross,
0: re, what is the answer? Let me. Mark read it Okay so Lowest possible lift height Is hydraulic Then the next three Are all traction elevators And the lowest Of the traction elevators Is machine roomless Then geared traction Then gearless traction Is Can go the tallest Gearless oh, traction just, That's, that's was, in the Burj the Khalifa
1: uh, yeah, Alright close Alright Lance You say your last bit Then I'll end us up
2: uh, That's for, it I, That's all I, I don't have anything to do Alright
1: we will leave you <laughs> With a Nick Reed of Revit Rocketship. There you go.
3: Best friends, are you a growing studio like we are at Dig? Are you hiring people with Revit experience only to find out they don't use the tool like you do? Are you losing time and money? Well, friends, that's a problem. And it's one we shared with you. Until we invested in Revit Rocket Ship. That's right, friends, Revit Rocket Ship. Revit Rocket Ship is officially the unofficial training method for all new hired dig teammates. It gives us a great foundation to build on and gets our team modeling in Revit with the same methodology oh so quickly. Plus, the Revit Rocket Ship package comes with all this really cool bonus stuff and a personalized autograph headshot from Al Gore the short cool one and friends I can't believe I'm doing this Al is not going to be a happy camper but for an unlimited time and for my best friends if you use the promo code dig at checkout free high fives for life and upon hitting the buy now button if you reach up in the air with a hand extended for a high five and yell out Revit rocket ship I will stop what I'm doing in my studio in sunny Jacksonville, Florida. Reach up, receive that high five, and send one right back to you. How's that for a deal? Revit Rocket ship, one hell of a foundation to build your studio on. A message from a currently unpaid spokesman. And I'm not entirely sure the promo code thingy will work, but go ahead and try it anyway.